Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. As your word is taught, Father, I bring myself under supernatural submission. I submit myself under grace. That let me teach nothing but your word of truth. Let me teach nothing but your word of grace. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray that as your word is taught, let sicknesses be healed. Let, let captivity be broken. Let deliverances take place. Let the sinning be convicted. Let the lost be saved. Let your power be made bare. Let your hand be manifested. In the mighty name of Jesus. We bring anything, every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. We hold it captive and make it subject to the obedience of God's word. We thank you. We pray for everyone listening, both in this building now and beyond via any medium. We pray that as your word is taught, let your spirit fall upon us and let your power be released into our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I hear louder? Amen. Someone who believes that God is about to do something good for, for you and in your life, lift up your right hand and shout a living amen. Based on your faith, shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. We've been teaching on faith. Why do we have to teach on faith? Because you only live by faith. The just. Without faith, God can't help you. Without faith, you may be going down and God can't do anything about it. So Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, it says the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. Say my faith. Say my faith. Praise the Lord. People get what they have in life based on what price they are willing to pay. Some of us, during vacation, we take our children to different places. Some of us have plans to take our children to Hawaii. But it's always been a plan. Some of us, you know, we go to maybe Birmingham, Nottingham, Spain, Italy, Turkey, France. uh, You know, name them. Tunisia. There are two things that make you go where you go. One, Preference. Say preference. preference. And number two, what? Money. Money. Your ability to pay is what determines where you can go. Yes. Actually, that plays a bigger role than the preference. Yes. <laughs> it, it can even d- define or restrict your preference because some things you don't, you won't bother. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So, the reason why family A going to Spain. Family B couldn't go to Spain. Family C just uh, just couldn't even go anywhere. Mm. Has a lot to do, everything to do with their payments. 
their finances. And the just shall live by his faith. So what you can download from God and receive from God has everything to do with your faith. Did you hear the woman? Yeah. And Tivik said, well, they told me that it's too late. But I said, no, the God's servant has declared. So she released her faith to tap into what is already existing for her. So the just shall live. That's what we have to teach on faith. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk said the just shall live by his faith. Okay. So, but we, t- we can tell, Romans 1, 17 says the just shall live by faith. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11 says the just shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 says the just shall live by faith. But all of that, we, ca- we, have, we can tell f- from the Old Testament version of it that he's talking about his faith. The just shall live, not just faith, faith, faith. Yeah, you live by faith, but what kind of faith? Your faith. And so, you have to take responsibility in building your faith so that you can live by your faith. I can't develop my faith for you. Your testimony has to do with your faith. Two people are sick. Two people, two sick people hear God's word that I'm, I'm the God that he let you. One gets healed, the other one doesn't get healed. Why? It's not because God can't heal the other one, but because an issue of faith. One, the, both, both of the doctors say, okay, you have got 20 days to live or two years to live. And one in two years die times, in two years time dies. The other one in 10 years is still kicking and going. Because he said that doctors have said that by belief I shall not die. God's word said I shall not die but I will live to declare the works of the Lord. And so your faith matters. Your faith is central when it comes to what God can do for you. Now our thing for this time is did God say? Faith has to do with what God has said. So faith has not got to do with the information you know, per se, about somebody, about your health, about some. The information is good, but until you find out what God has said about that situation, faith cannot be activated. So Bible says in, in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right. So it takes the word. One. But, and I explained that God, the way God does things is by speaking. God's mode of operation. God's method of doing is by speaking. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, verse 6, verse 9, verse 11, verse 14, verse 20, verse 24, verse 29, nine times Bible says God said. I'll repeat it. Ready to write those writing. Verse 3, Genesis 1, 3, Genesis 1, 6, Genesis 1, 9, Genesis 1, 11, Genesis 1, 14, Genesis 2020, 20, Genesis 1:24, Genesis 1:26, and then Genesis 1:29. All of them Bible says that. And God said, God said, God said. Someone say, God said. God I can't hear you. Say, God said. God then Genesis 1:31 say, then God saw. Okay, what did He see from the text? What did He see? What, what from the text? What did God see? From the text, it said God saw that, uh, so God saw, saw everything he had made. And indeed, it was very good. All right. So, but God wasn't making, he was speaking. Now, from the text, you find out that the way God makes is speaking, by speaking. So then, if you want to receive from God, you have to find out what he's saying. What he's saying will tell you what he's doing. How does God do things? He, he does things by saying. 
someone getting it? Yeah. God does things by saying. Does that make sense why the devil wants to fight you from getting God's word? Mm. Every time you want to read your Bible, you don't know for some reason, you fall asleep suddenly. It's like the Bible has become like a tranquilizer or sleeping tablet. <laughs> Am I talking to anyone here? Yes. You have the desire to study the word. You have the desire to read. By any time you take it, for some reason you sleep, you can do other things. You can read a whole novel take, and not, not sleep all night. It doesn't matter how tired you are. You can watch movies and it will keep you alive, going. You know, until you read God's word or hearing God. I don't understand people who sleep. God's word is being taught. <laughs> But the devil will make you sleep so that you can miss his word. God can't help you until he has told you. What did God say? So when the devil appeared in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, he said, did God really say or has God really said? Because he knows when God says it, it's going to happen. So to stop what God has said from happening, you have to disengage someone's belief. Disconnect someone from what God has said. That's how the devil came. So the devil came, he raised a case and he said, has God, Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, had God really, he used the word really. Can he, the serpent came and he says to the woman, has God indeed, did he actually say that? He mean he said that? So did God now, and that is where the battle started from, has God really said, did he have to say anything? He didn't just go. He, he, had to, he had to first of all come and check what they know about what God has said. Right. Because the devil can't destroy you if you have got the word in your heart. Yes. So he has to find a way to disconnect you from the word in your heart. Once he disconnects you from the word in your heart, God can't do much. It renders God unable, incapable of being to do what he has determined to do, which you want him to do. Say, speak the, speak the word. And someone came to Jesus in John chapter 4, verse 49 and um, 50, 51 and 52. I like that man's story. This man came to Jesus. He said, noble man. Bible calls him a noble man. Noble man. All kinds of people received the word. Fishermen received. Noble men did. Um, frustrated women did. Um, frustrated, blind men did. See, it depends on what you're receiving. So it's, it's not your education. God doesn't depend on your education, your, your, uh, your formal education, okay, or your schooling, your certificate to define what he can do in your life. No. Even not how long you have been in church is what de- God defines what you receive from God is not so much how long you've been in church. If you've been in church but church hasn't been in you, God can help you. The reason why we come to church, one of the reasons why is to strengthen faith. Acts chapter 14, verse 22, very strong scripture. This is the story about when Paul, he left Iconium and went to the cities of Lyconium, went to Lystra and Debbie. And when in Lystra, he preached to a certain man and he was preaching and he saw a certain man listening to him. Oh, I like that bit. Verse 8, 14. The man was listening to him. Then verse 9 said, Paul was... Paul observing the man intently and seeing that the man had faith to be healed. Oh, what you are listening determines what faith is coming to you. He saw, he saw that the man had, the man was listening to Paul and Paul saw that this man listening to me, because he's been listening to me, faith has built up and it's ready for delivery. So this man listening to Paul and then a miracle happened and 
that those in Lyconia came because they are, they are fetish. They, they worship Zeus and Hermes. So they said the gods have come down to us in human flesh, I think in verse 70 or so. They said, hey, hey, the people, the gods have come, the very funny story, in verse 11 rather. All right. So they said, the gods, the gods have come down to us in human flesh. And so they brought the priest, the priest of the gods, their gods, came and they named Paul Hermes and then uh, uh, his companion, uh, Barnabas. Barnabas, they named uh, 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 Zeus. So they call Barnabas Zeus and they call Hermes because he, he was the, Paul was the chief speaker. He was the one speaking. They gave them because Zeus were their gods. These gods have come down. And then the priest of uh, Zeus, Hermes, the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in the front of the, their city, brought oxen and gallons to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitude. They came. The gods have come. Guys, let's start. When I was telling you, the human depravity. The, 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 the human, the natural, the natural man, our level of spiritual ignorance is astounding. That's why we need Jesus. Your school cannot teach you. Come on, look all around us. The level of spiritual ignorance is disturbing. And people are doing anything possible to, to shun away or reject spirituality. No, it's not spiritual. They, they call it religion. But most of the time, actually, we are also not looking for religion. We are, we, we are spiritual guys. We are, we are worshiping God. But watch this. They replace that so-called, I don't, I'm, I don't believe in all these things, with all kinds of other beliefs and spirituality. Then some of them, they enter into all kinds of Eastern meditation. You, and that sounds very appealing because it's natural for the fallen man to divert away from God to begin to seek other things. So here, they, they, in the Acts, they brought oxen to come and sacrifice for God. And Bible says that these guys were so disturbed. Paul and Barnabas, they practically tore their clothes. They said, please stop it. Stop it. We are fellow servants like you. We are not gods. We are not. Don't sacrifice to us. No. This is why verse 17 says that God who created the heavens and the earth has not left himself without witness. And that's what we are telling you. Turn away. I think verse 18. Turn away from this idol worship or this hopeless things. That's, that's what we are telling you. He said, man, why are you doing this thing? Man, don't do that. I hope some of my brothers and sisters, pastors, will begin to have to say this thing to church members. Please don't worship us. Please don't worship us. Please don't do this. Don't do this. Verse 15, put it on the screen. Please don't do this. Why? Because, uh, why are you doing this? We also are men with the same nature as you. So what changed? Faith changed somewhere. Because they were preaching, they saw someone had faith. And actually, you know, they gave their credit to Paul Barnabas because they were, the, they were preaching. But actually, their credit goes to the man who had faith. It's his faith. So, or it's faith, it's a faith story. And so, to cut a long story short, these guys, they, didn't, they, they, they stopped them, forbade them from worshiping them. And guess what? Bible says that the Jews came from Iconium, where they sacked Paul, they beat Paul and Paul. They came from there and came and created problems again in, 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 in Lystra. They persuaded the multitude, so they caught Paul, beat him, thought he was dead, stoned him. The very person who they said was God, after he rejected it a few moments, they wanted to kill him. That's the work of God, how the work of God is like. 
People will say, hey, hail, hail, hail. The next time uh, you don't and you stay focused on your work and they realize they are not getting what they want to do, they want to stone you. Check with Jesus. That's what they did to Jesus. So, they stoned them. But then they went to Derby, the nearest city, I think in the verse 20 or 21. They went to Derby and there they started teaching the disciples. But after all this had happened, Bible says that verse, and when they had preached the gospel to the, uh, to the, to that city and made many disciples, they returned to, that's where they beat them. They returned to Lystra. Now, why am I saying this? Look at verse 22. I said all this to lead us to verse 22. Verse 22 said, what they do, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in their faith. They risked their life, went back to where they were stoned and they were wanted, went back so that they can tell them, you have to continue in their faith. In other words, you can discontinue. Your good record today is not a guarantee of your good record tomorrow. What you are willing to do now is what defines how tomorrow will turn out to be. What you keep hearing, what you surround yourself with. And so faith is a non-negotiable necessity <laughs> in your work with God. So, do you know what happened? There's, um, a man came to Jesus, as I started saying, said, my, the noble man, said, my servant lies at the point of death and come home to heal him. Jesus said, I like that. John, I quoted, you, you forgot, some of you have forgotten, John chapter 4, verse I said 49, but we can possibly look at verse 50. John chapter 4, verse 50. And he said that, thank you, Holy Spirit. He just said, go your way. Now look at 49, let, let, for the purposes of understanding. Look at verse 49. The noble man said to him, sir, come down before my child die. No, he said, my child. Because my child is dying. Please come down quickly. Jesus is interesting, you know. Actually, why didn't he do the same thing when Lazarus was sick? He didn't have to go. He could have just said that that's just will be fine. Yeah. But maybe if Martha or Mary had come to report, then he would have told them, go back, Lazarus will be fine. But they sent someone. <laughs> they sent someone to go. But Jesus said, verse, verse 50, Jesus said, go your way. Tell someone, go your way. Go your way. Say, go your way. Go your way. Jesus said, go your way. Your son, my, he said, come. Before he dies, he said, go, he lives. So the man, ah, that's what I want. The man, the man, the man. You can tell that that may not sound, that may not sound intelligent. Because you know your son is dying, you come to him, he said, go. You just come to him to come and call him that he's come. He said, go, he lives. He didn't even say he will live. The guy is dying, he said, go, he lives. But the man took him at his word. All you need is, as God said, stop trying to look for people to favor you. Find out what God has said. That will command other things to be in line. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. What we need is not another connection. What we need is a word. Just a word. A word. This morning, maybe I haven't said it. I want to focus on faith for the promise. Faith for the promise. Abraham and Abraham, we're going to 
study a bit more about Abraham. Faith for the promise. The man went. In, in, this, uh, fisher, fishermen, they were fishing. Luke chapter 5, from verse 1, they didn't catch any fish. Jesus came verse, uh, to, and told them that, launch into the deep. And they said, Master, we've toiled all night and they didn't catch anything. But nevertheless, at your word. Say, at your word. Say, at your word. In the Matthew chapter 14, verse 28, Peter saw him walking on the sea and he said, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. All I need is a word from you. He didn't say, prove that it's you so that I'll come to you. Prove. Prove that it's you. Prove to me that, okay, just jump higher out. No, no, no. That's what a lot of us want. Bible says, an adulterous generation is always looking for a sign. But a faithful generation looks for a word. Look for a word, not a sign. So, he said, um, if it is you, just tell me to come. And Jesus said to him, come. That's all. He didn't say, yes, yes, it's me. Don't you believe me? Let me show you. No, no. He said, come. The word is enough. He said, come. And guess what? When Jesus said, come, he began walking. On the, he said, no. Look at the text at verse 28. Peter told him actually that if it is you, tell me to come. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you where? That's very daring. That's very daring. If it's you, command me to come on the water. Jesus said come. So he also decided to walk on the water. And for the first time, an ordinary normal human being started walking on water without any support. Why? How did he walk on the water? Because he heard the word and he acted based on the word. He heard the word and connected his faith. A man came to Jesus. He said, my servant is lying, lies at home dying. Please speak a word or heal my servant. And Matthew chapter 8, verse 8 says that Jesus told, uh, uh, the man told, Jesus said, I'll, come, I'll, come to, I'll come to your house to heal him. The same thing is, is in Luke chapter 7, verse 7 as well. Told him, I'll come to your house. The man said, no, you don't have to come to my house because I don't think I deserve you coming to my house. I'm, God, I'm sure he's got all kinds of stuff in his house. Or possibly. <laughs> but possibly, possibly he's, he said that because of his life. He thought he was not a Jew. Okay, and even though he was a good man, he was not clean enough for, for just speak a word. Please, I believe someone is watching me right now. Or here, and may I give you an advice, please? Stop hijacking pastors. Look for the word in their mouth. If it's a servant of God, look for the word in his mouth. Uh, A man came and said, My servant lies at home sick. Don't bother coming. I don't want to waste your time. Just speak a word. Because you know what God does? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. You know what God does? God, according to Acts chapter 14, verse 3, he confirms the word. He gives witness to the word of his servants. So when the word is spoken, he gives witness to the word. That's God's, what God does. Because he can't act without a word. So he always, first of all, would want someone to speak his word. So in Acts chapter 14, Bible says in verse 8 and 9, when Paul was speaking these things, someone listening to him, faith, faith built up. In Galatians chapter, chapter 3, I think verse 1 or verse 3, verse 2 and 3 and 5, talks about how you were saved by the hearing of faith. There's something you got to hear. The hearing of faith. 
And the hearing of faith has everything to do with the word of God you hear. That is why it's disturbing if we reduce listening to God's word in church to just motivational speaking in that sense. It must be based strongly based on God's word, teaching of God's word, because it's, that's, that's what your, our future is hinged on. Other things may be okay, because, you know, every now and then, everything, but that shouldn't be the center of what we teach. The center of, Paul said we are ministers of Christ, and we minister Christ. One item on the menu, Christ. If you listen to every man of God, and at the end of the day, it doesn't point you to Christ, that's a problem. I can't massage your ego, and you are, maybe you fight, you have been fighting your, your wife, then I'm giving you seven, seven ways to, for anger management. I'm, I'm using God's puppy to teach you seven ways of anger management. I think I need, you to, I need to talk to you about the fruit of the Holy Spirit from the scripture. Only speak your word, and the servants must be what be healed. Timothy, I quoted yesterday, First Timothy 5, 17. He says that, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor. Labor. Say labor. labor. Say labor. labor. The, the fundamental job of a pastor or say of a church leader is to labor in God's word. It's not to pray for people. It's to labor. Labor in God's word. Labor in, stop chasing people. Pray for me, pray for me. Ask them, speak the word over my life. God doesn't confirm prayers. He confirms his word. He said, I watch over my word to perform it. Shout yes. Word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. When God speaks his word, he has released himself. And the authority of a pastor has everything to do with the word of God in his mouth. If the word is not in your mouth, you better shut up. Because he says that how can they preach except they be sent? Hallelujah. Amen. Timothy says that, oh man of God. <laughs> 215, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Second Timothy 2.15. Steady to show yourself. You're talking to a pastor. He says, steady to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. In Second Timothy 2.15. Steady, be diligent. Be diligent. So the work of a man of God is actually behind the scenes, laboring in scriptures. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I count it a privilege to hold the Bible and teach his word. It's better, I prefer that, than to hold any other thing. That's my style. Okay. I want to, because I am, I am a teacher of his word. When it comes anything outside of the word, I may not be very smart and very intelligent and very, better than many people. But when it comes to the word, I am a servant. I'm an agent of his word. So I, I, I take my time to study the word so that he can speak through me. And when he speaks through me, then he confirms what he has said. 
Then if you don't take care, you two think that, oh, that's me. You can, you can, you can honor me and reward me for my labor in God's word. Not because of the miracles I do. Because the miracles I do is actually a function of the labor in God's word. Someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I spoke about how to get the word into your system to produce. Number one, you have to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to me. When you come to church like this, you have to say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. And then number two, Besides asking the Holy Spirit to teach you God's word, um, you also have to, uh, what did I say? Hear, hear and keep hearing. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word, okay? So Bible talks about how the man hearing Paul speaking, Paul seeing that he had faith to be healed, all right? The man, and uh, so, uh, the, uh, Acts chapter, chapter 14, verse 9, the man hearing Paul speaking, Paul and this man heard Paul speaking, heard Paul speaking, heard Paul speaking. And Paul observing him intensely, seeing that he had faith to be healed. Yesterday, I made a very important point that Paul, nothing tells, nothing shows that he was preaching on healing. He was just speaking because from verse 7, you can see, they they went to preach the gospel. But the gospel is comprehensive. All right. So watch this. This is very important. When you keep hearing God's word, when faith rises up, then faith is a universal currency. It can buy anything. It can buy anything. If you are United Kingdom and you have British pounds, you can buy anything that is for sale. So the man had faith to be, the faith the man had will heal him. So Paul just told, hey, guy, rise up. He has never walked. He's never walked from his mother's womb. He's never walked, per se. He has never walked. But when he heard Paul speaking, he had faith. Paul said, rise up and walk. Bible says he stood up straight. Wow. <laughs> Without physiotherapy. <laughs> Bible said he lived and walked. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Someone is about to leap and walk. Someone is about to leap and walk. If you are such a one, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. And so, you have to keep hearing and hearing. Number three, you have to study. All right. Study, read, study, and memorize. Read, study, memorize. Read, study, memorize. Read, study. You must own a Bible and read the Bible you own. A young, a little boy, uh, I think about seven years old, came to the mom and one day asked the mom, Mom, and he took the Bible which was lying in their house, in somewhere in their house, showed it to mom. He said, mom, what is this? He says, holy Bible. He said, what's holy Bible? He said, it's God's book. And he, so he said, oh, I see. God has a book. And I went to put it there. And then a few weeks later, he came to mom because the Bible was been there in the shelf for a long time. He said, mom, if we are not using, why don't we give God's book back to him? <laughs> Because we don't use it. It's just there. Sister, read your Bible. Don't say, oh, my pastor teaches a lot. Well, so that, no. It's not, watch, watch this. It's not enough to sustain your faith. It is good to activate your faith. But you have to sustain your faith. Read your Bible. Now, when you read your Bible, it makes it easy for God to speak to you. 
Because when God is speaking to you, he makes references to the word in your system. Your spirit man is energized to be able to receive communication, receive trust. Other than that, okay, let me put this, I like this. So, oh, this is a nice one. You're going to like this one. Some of us said here, you know, who has got a mobile phone? Oh, this one, um, okay. A mobile phone or something. Sometimes your mobile phones, when you are, when I travel to places or sometimes even in my house, I have only one bar, isn't it? Some of you have two bars. Some of you here, you have about five bars now. Okay, five bars. It doesn't go too much, uh, too much from there. So most of it is four or five. So five bars, two bars, one bar. Some of us here, uh, it's the way you, re, you, you empower your spirit determines your receptivity, a bar. So when God speaks, you can pick. But some of us, because you don't read your Bible, your spirit is so weak. Uh, no signal. I'm preaching and <laughs> so much hallelujah. So everything, every inter- too much interference. So everything the man of God says, you are understanding it with your canal because you're not picking the signals. You're not getting the signals. Too low, too low. And so he said, oh, the pastor has a lot of word. My pastor preaches and quotes a lot of Bible quotations. So that's enough. No, it's not enough for you. You have to boost your own signal. <laughs> Shout yes. I told you I like what I was going to say. You have to boost your signal. I'm telling you, pastor, some people are here, they have two bars. It's not too bad. But it's not good, though. It's not good. Because it will affect your internet connectivity. The download. It will affect your bar. Me, I, I, want, to, I want to make sure that I have 4G and full five bars. Five bars. So I can download anything. I can receive communication. And when, when uh, even underground, <laughs> even underground, even underground. So people, you don't have to go underground. You go into a corner like this and you don't have any. And everything the man of God says, you hear differently. You're hearing, you know, not all of us hear the same things. No, no, no. Not all of us are hearing the same thing. Some, some people are hearing gibberish. Some people are hearing all kinds of stories. Some people, they'll go home and ask what did they hear. They'll tell you, oh, there's a man in Lystra and they wanted to sacrifice to Paul. That's all they heard. And Paul said, that's all. So all I said, that's all he heard. Some, some will, you know, some will remember, all they'll remember is, pastor says that you need bass on your phone. Please, this is not my message. My message is faith. Work, okay? Faith to receive the promise. But I'm telling you how you, you can boost your faith. You got to read your Bible. Read your Bible. Oh, when I read, I don't understand anything. No, ask the Holy Spirit. That's where it starts from. And it's not everything you start from. You can start from so many quotations we are quoting. I, I can tell you don't read your Bible at home because you won't even write it down. Some people won't write anything down. They say, I remember, I remember. I remember. I remember figures a lot. I remember. Then later on, they say, I don't know why quotation doesn't stick. Quotations don't stick in my head at all. Because uh, you think I was sleeping, and then God sent an angel with a big syringe and injected quotations in my head. And I woke up. Matthew chapter 2, verse 8. John chapter 6. No, 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 no. You have to study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you need to read your Bible, bro. bro. You need to read your Bible. If you want to be a serious Christian, you got to read your Bible. It's, it's an emergency when 
Christian leader for two weeks. I said it on one of the broadcasts some time ago. That two weeks, a pastor, two weeks, you have not read your Bible. You are busy managing and doing an admin work. Are you an administrator or a pastor? You may have some administrative responsibilities, but fundamentally you are a pastor. You are a church leader. Praise and worship leader. You are coming to, all you there is is vocal dexterity, but no word dexterity. There are times I hear people preaching and I'm very sad. Because it's very disturbing. You can tell that they don't have any relationship with the word of God. They will quote the scripture and what they are saying is just not related to what they are saying. You can't even get what you're talking about. Tell someone, read your Bible. Read your Bible. If you want to grow, it's not for Sunday school, you know. If you want to grow, hallelujah, read your Bible. Some people think they are due for a miracle, but they don't, they don't read their Bibles. So you can't sustain your faith. Your signal is weak. Your intentions are good, but your signal, your signal, your spiritual signal, your spiritual signal, Matthew 4, 4, Luke 4, 4, man must not live by bread alone, but by every word. So you need the word to strengthen your spirit man. So that when your spirit mind is strengthened, you can receive easy communication with, from God. Because guess what? Faith is a function of revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Not a function of just the letter. Bible says the letter killeth. All right. Some are not happy with that. But at least you got what I was trying to say, did you? Yeah. yeah. If you are a Christian, prove it by reading your Bible. Oh, you know, I love God so much. There's nothing I won't read, I won't do for God. You go and read your Bible, you'll find out the things you can do for Him. And then, number four, God have mercy. Number four, be in readiness to obey. When you read it, be readiness. So, as in your life, if you want the word of God to deliver for you, you must, so long as God's word is concerned, watch this. You must be like this. As you read God's word, You're on your mind. Guess it. Everything, you are ready to obey. That's what releases faith in your life. It makes the word of God deliver. Because as I said, God's word cannot deliver without some things in place. Now, quickly, I want to move from there in, in, in a progression to let us see how our father used the same principle to change his story. What a man who was once upon a time certified childless, he was a childless man, certified childless man. He was a victim to childlessness. 100 years old, can you imagine? 20, 30, 40, 50, 70, 80, still no child. And today, he's our father. The father of us all and the father of the Jews to the stand and they were fighting with Jesus Christ. Abraham is our father. Abraham is our father. Now, Abraham was not meant to be a father, but he changed his story because he had a promise. And what he did with the promise, what he did, it starts with a word from God. If God wants to do something about your life, he'll just send the word first. When I finish preaching, I'll give an, an opportunity that God said, God is telling someone, if you want to say, Lord, this is my turn. I'm ready to submit everything and live by your word and give my life to Jesus. Come, you will see. Some people will say, no, I'm not ready. Then you tell God, God, stay in your track. I'll stay in my track. You are on your own, I'm on, your, on my own. If I need you, I'll call you. 
That, that's what it means. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at Abraham. In the first place, Abraham is our father. I'll show you from scripture it, according to um, Romans. Let's look at Romans chapter 4 verse 1. Romans chapter 4 verse 1. Abraham is our father. Say, Abraham is our father. Abraham. Oh, someone say, okay, so pastor, when we are praying and Jesus said we should say, our father, did he mean Abraham? When he said, when you pray, say, our father, it didn't mean Abraham. That's talking about God the father. Okay. And it's not talking about your natural father as well. It's talking about Abraham, our father. Thank you, Jesus. Romans, what did I say? All right, shall we already read it out loud from the screen? Are you ready to read it? All right, let's read it. Let's go. Abraham who? Abraham who? I don't want to go too far, too far or further, but um, when you say our father, who is the our? I think it would be good to understand that. Our. See, I just said, when I finish, I'm going to give you an invitation to be part of the hour. Because if you are not a, a fully giving your life to Jesus, handed over, I say, Jesus, take over my life, you are not part of the hour. Is that okay? Is that okay? Right. Just to suffice later on. In the Bible, you see a lot of us. If God be for us, who is the us talking about? If God be uh, uh, Abraham, our father. He said, when you pray, say, our father. Who is the our? Who are the our? Because if you say our, then there. Some people are there, and we are our. So who are the there, and who are the our? When he says that, if God be for us, that means he's not for them. So who are the them, and who are the us? When we finish, I'm going to give you opportunity to join the us team. Other than that, you are on the losing team. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So the us. Someone must join the us team. Do you agree with me? Shout hallelujah. So Abraham, our father. Look at verse 12 of Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 verse 12 also says that and the father of circumcision to, to those who not to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who, are, who also walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had while he still uncircumcised. So our father Abraham, verse 16, refers to him as our father. Amen? Amen. So now, what makes Abraham our father? What makes Abraham our father? Galatians chapter 3. Look at Galatians chapter 3. Verse 7. What makes Abraham our father? Can we read it out loud together? Can you see it on the screen? Will someone do me a favor reading it out loud? Let's read it out loud. Let's go. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Who are the sons of Abraham? So you can't claim Abraham is your father if you are not of faith. It's clear unambiguous. He said only. Is that not clear enough? Only those. He said only. Only those who are of faith. Right. So when you are of faith, what does that mean to be of faith? When you say Jesus Christ, by grace are you say through faith. You accept, you believe that Jesus is the son of God. The son of the living God. The Messiah who died to save us from our sins. You believe it and commit yourself to it. You are of faith. Right. That's why they went, Acts chapter 14, 22. They went around strengthening the believers in the faith. 
to continue in the faith. All right. So it's very important. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. This is very important. Galatians 3:29. It says that this tells us clearly how to be, how to have Abraham as your father or how to become a, a, a son of Abraham. Let's read it out loud. Are you ready? Then you are Abraham. So okay, read one more time. Logic. If, then. If, then. If A, then B. If A, then B. If this, then this. He said, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. That's why I told you that I'll give someone opportunity to say, now I am Christ. You have to, you have to belong to Christ. How do you belong to Christ? You have to live for him. Take his word and live for him. Live a clean life to his glory, to his honor. Live a pure Christian life. You can go to church. It doesn't mean you are Christ. There's, there are two different things. He didn't say that if you are in church, then you are Abraham's seed. He said if you are Christ, so then you have to give your life to Christ so that you become Christ. You are no more your own. You belong to Christ. Hello? He said if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. But it's interesting he said that, watch this, Abraham, our father, he has taught us how he became Abraham's seed. Right? Now, he, it's, it, he says that then if you are, go to John chapter 8 verse 10. Nine. This is Jesus having a discourse with the Jews who were always ranting and making noise. We are Abraham's seed. They answered and said to him, to Jesus, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Watch this, watch this. If you are saved, it will show in your behavior. Oh, the, the man wants to marry me, you know, is he? Christian, he said, oh, I don't know that you will know. You just hang around. You will find out. Because if you are saved, to show him your works. He said, if, uh, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works. Works, 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 works. What you do points out to what is in your heart. What you do. Yeah. Does that mean if you sin or you fall to sin, you are no more uh, Abraham's child or the child of God. No, that's not. But if you, if you fall to sin and doesn't bother you, you keep doing it and you don't repent, everybody is telling you, oh, you know that what you say, and you don't repent. That means that actually you are not a seed. That's why it doesn't bother you. Because if you are a seed, it will trouble your spirit. How long can you continue going to the, your garden behind and then, or the garden here and be eating the weeds? You be eating the weeds and it's not affecting you. Then maybe you are not a proper human being. Because <laughs> you can't be eating that and be okay. So for for twenty two days, that's what I've been eating. I've been lying in the grass and chewing the grass. No, then either you are, you are what a ruminant. <laughs> it's what I'm saying makes sense. So what you do is a pointer of who you are. Actually, this morning I said Jesus said, if you don't believe who I am, look at what I do. Let my works in John chapter 10, verse 35, John sorry, 32, John chapter 10, verse 36, sorry, 37, John chapter 10, verse 38, John chapter 5, verse um, thing 35 or so, 34 or so. He said, The things I do which will let you know who I am. What I do should point. If you don't believe me, just look at what I do. So Jesus said that if you are Abraham's children, you will do what Abraham do. But you are, t- you are thinking of stoning me. Abraham wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Now, let's look at Abraham briefly. Abraham is a man of faith. Say, Abraham is a man of faith. Abraham is a man of 
In fact, Bible calls him, uh, look at uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 16 quickly before we go to Romans chapter 4, verse 13, and then we read down. Verse 16, look at how God, when he said he's our father, okay. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, it's of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise, say promise. promise. Say promise. promise. That's where we are going. So that the promise might be made, might, might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. Let's all say the faith of Abraham. Faith of Abraham. Say it again, please. So he's talking about a particular type of faith. Abraham's kind of faith. The faith, Abraham's faith. Abraham was a man of faith. He had faith. So now let's jump back and look at verse 8, possibly, of the same Romans chapter 4. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 4. I love you, Lord. And he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of us all. Do you see that? All those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness may be imputed to them also. And the father of the circumcision to those who do not, uh, uh, those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of faith, which Abraham, our father, had while still uncircumcised. So even the both circumcised and the uncircumcised. Now when you talk about, when you see the, the word circumcised, talking referring to people, it's a way of branding people that these are the circumcised, these are the uncircumcised, meaning the Jews who practice circumcision as a covenant God gave to Abraham, physical descendants of Abraham. All right? So most of the time when you see the circumcised, those who are circumcised, they are physical descendants of Abraham who practice the covenant God has given to Abraham. And the uncircumcised are those who are no physical descendants of Abraham. Now, in the verse, the, the verse we read, verse 11, he said that, um, and he received the sign of the circumcision. Abraham circumcised, was asked, he circumcised, watch this, as the seal of the righteousness of the faith he had before he was circumcised. So his faith is not a post-circumcision faith, it's a pre-circumcision faith. So that if so that he can also be our father, who of the father of those who are not circumcised. Now, circumcised there is just a phrase, okay? It's a, a, a metaphor to reflect, uh, representing those who are born according to the genealogy, in Abraham genealogy. So he's not talking about physical circumcision, all right? Because then you can say that maybe an African or someone in some place, okay, it's also a seed of Abraham. No, it's not the physical act. It's, it's more about the covenant act. Is someone getting it? So he says that um, Abraham received faith or he received the righteousness and circumcision was a sign that he's now become, he's, he's ended into a covenant with God. So all his physical descendants had to be circumcised. But Christ came to move it from physical descendants into the spiritual descendants. That's why I said we are all Abraham's children. Is someone getting it? Yeah. Are you sure you're getting it? Yeah. Then let me hear the yes man properly. Yes. Great. Verse 12, father of circumcision to those who only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. Verse 13, watch this, this is where I wanted to really get to. Verse 13, for the promise, someone say the promise. Say the promise. The promise that he will be heir of the world was not to Abraham. He's the heir of the world because we are all his children. All right. The promise that he will be heir of the world was not to Abraham. Uh, to, was not to Abraham or to the, uh, his seed through the law, but through 
righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Say promise. So we are talking about promise here. God gave me a promise that you'll be the heir of the world. Every, um, you are going to have so many children. And God gave him before he became circumcised. And where did the law come? When the, the children of Israel became a nation, God gave them a law, constitution by which they come. And so everyone must behave according to the law to, to define how you, you, where you stand with God. But Abraham, before he became heir of the world, he had not received the law. So if you are talking, if you are saying that being the heir of Abraham has to do with those who have the law, then you, are, you mean that some people who don't have the law are cut out. But it's not based on the law, but it's based on faith, which came before. So if you talk about the law, then you are making faith of no effect and the promise not, not a void. That's what he's trying to say. But the promise was a promise not based on works, not based on law, but based on faith. So when God, God is a God of promise, says God is a God of promise. I don't know how many promises you have received from God, but I have received promises and I know he, he keeps his word. Amen. When God speaks, he speaks his promise to you. Amen. He tells you, I'll bless you. Amen. I will lift you. I will heal you. Amen. So if you are sick here, know that God is your healer. Amen. It's a promise. He said, I, I, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord. So it doesn't matter the medical condition. Know that there's a promise hanging. Amen. Now, so how can the promise work for you? That's what I'm, I'm showing you. That's what Abraham did. But if you are the son of Abraham, the children of Abraham, then you also behave like Abraham to download the things Abraham downloaded. It's available for all his seed, but if you do not connect yourself, you won't get it. And you may, you, you, you may die and go to heaven if you are born again anyway, but then you will miss out on a lot of things that God originally packaged for you to enjoy on earth because, well, you didn't apply and activate or release your faith. And you only use your faith to be born again. You only use your faith to be an heir of the promise. You only use your faith to be part of Abraham. To, uh, Abraham's uh, you only use your faith to be in church but that's not all use your faith as well release your faith to get everything that belongs to those of us who belong to God you will not fail you will not fail I said you will not fail the louder you shout the amen the more your faith is willing to connect it shall be well with you it shall be well with you Israel will not sleep, no slumber. God is taking care of you. He said he will give his angels charge. Did you hear the sister's testimony? I believe she went. She went in the confidence of the prayer she received and she said she go to the airport. Someone from nowhere comes to help her because it was the Lord. Helps her, gets, so she gets to where she's going and couldn't find the person. Realized the person was not even on her flight. Couldn't find the person. I believe in the ministry of angels. God, God has, oh, God has a comprehensive system in place to take care of you. Amen. He'll take care of you. Tell someone he'll take care of you. He'll fix it for you. Sometimes when you look around you, it looks impossible, but I'm telling you, God will fix it for you. God will fix it for you. What makes you qualify for what I'm saying? Your faith. 
So not your law, your faith. Your faith. Abraham received it by faith. And he said, yes, Lord. And it happened. Five things Abraham did. Number one, he received the word. Say, receive the word. So number one, Abraham received the word. Look at verse 13. He says that he received the promise. Okay, so verse 13 talks about how for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to him. So the promise came to Abraham. He, he embraced the promise. Number two, quickly. Number two, he persevered against contrary conditions or you can, he hoped against contrary situation, against hope. Now, let, let's look at verse 18. In verse 18, all right, I think it's better I read from verse 17 to make sense. As written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, Abraham believed when the word came, okay? He believed, he, he believed God who gives life to the dead and that's what? what? God gives life to the dead and that, that's what? And that's what? And that's what? Look, as written, I've made you a father of nations in the presence of him whom he believed, Abraham believed God. Okay, God. And he spoke about the characteristics of God. He said that God gives life to the dead and that's what? As though they were. God is a, is a God who is always speaking. Bend your ear. Find out what he's saying. He was calling things that did not exist as though they existed. So are you surprised God is talking about your children? Even though you are, married, you are not married? Or even though the, the doctors have said you can't have children and God is telling you, I've blessed your children. Yeah. He calls them and you have to connect. You don't have a job and God is saying, I've, make, I've made you an employer. And yet you don't have a job. Jacob was blessed by his father and the blessing was upon him and right afterwards, he ran away from home. He was fugitive. He didn't have a house. He was homeless. Someone who is blessed rather. It's just a matter of time. So sometimes God will tell you one thing and you may see contrary situations. Mm. And uh, Lazarus, when he died, mm. Jesus said, our friend Lazarus is asleep. We are going to wake him. The disciples said, Master, if he sleeps, he'll wake up. You don't have to risk your life. Travel to go and wake someone who is asleep. Meanwhile, they want to kill you over there. And you are going there to go and wake someone. He said, no, you don't understand. You don't understand what I'm trying. He's dead. But when I speak in the faith language, you don't get it. So for their sake, he had to just change the language, just, just say something they can understand at that time. But faith language, like Jesus told them, Luke chapter 5, verse 4, uh, launch into the deep. Because they have taught all night that they had not caught any. But Jesus said, learn into the deep for a catch. And we've struggled, we didn't have anything. He said, we should go. Yeah, you have to listen to him. Because he's the master. He knows what, when he says it is. Some of you said, I've written 800 applications to a job, for a job, and I, I didn't get any job, so I've resigned. No. After this word, send the last one. Send another one. Send another one. Let down your net for a catch after you hear. So Peter said, Father, we have struggled the whole night. Luke 5, 5. We've struggled the whole night, and we didn't catch anything. Nevertheless, at your word. Never, once you have said it, I'm going to give it a go again. Once you have said it, I'm going to give it a go again. She, she didn't even... Uh, but thank God for the prayer. We called her out and prayed for her. She said, I heard to someone's testimony that I was cleared of uh, what? Tyrone. 
and she stood shut up because Pastor Frank said, according to Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, the, word, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. When someone speaks a testimony, it's prophesying into your life. It's telling you what is about to happen next for you. So when you hear someone's testimony, you know that you are next in life. Say hallelujah. And she, I called her, I prayed for her, and she connected with the word because she believed that was a promise. And, when, and the doctor said, we are concerned, this is a thyroid or whatever. She went for a checkup. It's cleared. I, constantly, I keep hearing testimony of health conditions that are cleared. Doctor said it's cleared. Not, not, not that I feel that something is gone. You go and check and come and tell us. Because if it's gone, they won't find it. Like the hole in the heart that was still. You go back, there's no more hole. It's gone. It's gone. There's an evidence. Faith is substantial. Hallelujah. So you have to know that when God speaks, sometimes you are in a certain situation and can you imagine your your marriage is in turmoil and God is saying that I'm going to use you as an example. You have have a blessed marriage. (laughs) God, I think wrong address. (laughs) Me? (laughs) I know know it can't work. In fact, we have uh, documents in, in the courts, divorce papers. Next, next week is coming through. You are telling me marriage, my marriage. Is, oh. You know, as soon as you heard that, it doesn't matter how far things have degenerated. Pause and hold on to the word. Pause and hold on to the promise. Hold on to the promise and ignore all the other things that are telling you something contrary. Because Bible says, Romans chapter 3, verse 4, let God be true. Hey, let God be true. Once God says, let God be true, and every man a liar, let God be true. In the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19, he said, for God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. Has he said, and will he not do it? Has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? When he says he is done. Did God say? Did God say? God, Abraham, Abraham went to Sarah. He said, Sarah, we are going to have children. They said, oh, Sarah said, Abraham, have you forgotten? My womb is dead. I've crossed menopause times too. And you too, your body is dead. So how are we going to? Abraham said, did God say it? If God said, okay, then let's go. So Sarah also Abraham managed to convince her. The Bible said, Hebrews 11, 11, Sarah herself received strength by faith. She also released her faith. Sarah herself, Hebrews 11, 11, Sarah herself, remember, Hebrews 11, 11, nice one. Okay. Sarah herself received strength by faith, by faith. Sarah herself received strength to conceive, to conceive seed and bore a child when she was past age. Do you know what that means? He has overtaken the age of childbearing. So now, if you are the oh, if if you are the daughters of Sarah or the sons of Abraham, the daughters of Abraham, then age is not the problem. See, some people cannot cannot still take it. Oh, I'm too old to be married. I'm too old to have a child. Do you want it? If you want it, then find it. If the scripture said you can have it. If, it is, if their promise is saying it, then it's yours for the taking. Yes, because sir. when God speaks, it is. Yes. Consider it done. Yes. Bible said the man believed. Jesus said, your child liberty. He just, he just took it like that and went. And he found out that it's true. What Jesus said? He believed it and it was so. When you believe it, once, watch this. Once he says it, you believe it, it's so. Amen. For you. He can say to all of us, it's so. But it won't be so for you until you believe it. Amen. 
We can make provision for electric chargers here, well, phone chargers here all over the place, and you can, your battery will be dying. <laughs> being in the room doesn't mean, or being in this room doesn't mean you have automatic Wi-Fi connection, even though there's Wi-Fi here. You need to plug and connect to the Wi-Fi. That's what faith does for you. You can receive a word, but you need to release your faith and be connected. Stay co- be connected and stay connected, and you will see the result. And that is why I'm standing here and telling somebody that this week it will be a different week for you. Before the end of this year, God will do something for you. Before the end of this year, God will turn your situation around. Before the end of this year, before the end of this week, God will do a miracle for you. God will turn And you also say, My doctor said. Yes. Ah! Uh-huh. Even the doctor needs God. Yes. God said, and He said, My husband said, My mother said, My father said, My teacher said, My employer said. Who is your employer? Hey, well, uh, if God wants to visit your employer, He can just give him a dream. A dream. When he's asleep. Dream. Ooh. Dream. He said, Dream. Dream and dream about. Um, Bismarck for promotion, for promotion, for promotion. And he wakes up in the morning. He's looking for Bismarck. Bismarck. Oh, I've been looking for you. I've been waiting because you know what? I think you have to be promoted. No, do you know why? You have received a word and you have believed it already. So the thing is working. Once, watch this. Once you believe God's word, it sets something in motion. You may not even see it. It's, it's, it's like a two weeks old, three weeks old pregnant woman. Sometimes they don't even know. But something is going. Something is working. Something is in the working. Because something has been linked and connected and dropped. And Bible says that the word of God is a seed. It's a seed. And the Greek word for seed is sperma, which is like a sperm. It gets into your system and begins to create life. Begins to create things to happen. I prophesy over your life. I prophesy over your life. I prophesy over your life that God will do something new in your life. I prophesy over your life and miracle comes to your house. Your children are blessed. Your marriage is blessed. Your wife is blessed. Your husband is blessed. Your health is blessed. Your Against hope. Believed in hope. There may not be hope for you, but it doesn't matter. You are coming with your own hope. Based on the promise of God. See? Brothers and sisters, listen to me. What matters is, did God say? Doesn't matter what you don't have. 
doesn't matter who you don't know. It doesn't matter who does not like you. It doesn't matter who wants to fight against you. Has God said? Did God say? Did God say he's blessing your marriage? Did God say? Listen, you may be a lady and your husband has lost his bearing and has become silly by going after other women and you are worried and it looks like the people are telling us well, your marriage will not work and your husband said I'm even tired. Don't worry. Did God say your marriage will fail or he said your marriage is blessed? Find out where you stand and hold on to it and Abraham did something else. He ignored or he chose his focus. He chose his focus. Choose what you are going to focus on. In the verse 90, look at verse 90 quickly. Oh! Listen to this, brothers and sisters. If the devil can manage to get you convinced that your situation can change, he's finished his job. If he can manage to convince you that you won't get married, he's done his job. They can go on a break. But he tries. He comes to you and he said, get behind me, Satan, for it's written. He came to Jesus. Matthew chapter 4. He said, turn this into Jesus said, it is written. Then he came back again. He said, turn it. Jesus said, it is written. He came again. Jesus said, it is written. Bible says, verse 11. Now he leaves Jesus alone. Because this man was full of it is written in his mouth. He was always focusing on God's word. What does verse 19 of uh, Romans chapter 4 say? What does it say? Thank you, Jesus. So, verse, verse 19. Shut up. Eight, verse 18 says that, who contrary to hope in, uh, hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according, uh, uh, I like this one, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. He, became, he had the word. God showed him the stars and he said, this is how your seeds are going to be. Fatherless man. Fatherless man. And Bible said that he chose to believe. And so he became. Your belief determines what you become. Your belief determines what you become. Your belief determines what you become. Someone say, my belief determines what I become. Your belief determines what I become. Verse 9 says that, and he not, he, he not being weak in faith. That means he had faith. But somewhere along the line, if you don't take care, your signals can drop and your faith will be weak. Do you get what I'm saying? Listen, coming to church, you are not helping the church attendance. You are not helping. It's not for church record. It's for your faith record. It's for your faith history. It's for your, for your future. Your faith determines your destiny. Okay? The more you hang around with church folks, there is, listen, there is nothing, there is nothing like going to church too much. There is nothing like going close to God too much. If you are married and you have a wife or you have a husband, there is nothing like spending too much time with your husband. If you have a child, there is nothing like giving, spending too much time with your child or baby which is born or giving attention to it. That's what you got to do. There's nothing. There's nothing like you are earning too much money. Even wealthy people make sure that the money could keep flowing. Yes. There's nothing like that. So where from you are spending too much time with God? Unless it's out of order, out of balance, then that's not really spending time. You are not. You are doing something wrong. 
All right. But there's nothing like spending too much time. And listen, the more you spend time in the, in the presence of God with God's people, the more your faith signals go up. Your faith signal keeps going up. Your faith signal keeps... So it's very difficult for the devil to victimize you. You don't need to be prayed for. Just the atmosphere, the environment alone keeps you. And when your faith says yes, Satan backs off. Abraham was not, did not, verse 19. Oh, someone getting something at all. Abraham was not, watch this. Abraham, and he was not, not, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and no, uh, and the, uh, the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he didn't look at his body, his wife's body. He said, once God has said, I don't, it doesn't matter what my body is saying. How many of you have come to a meeting where you've been prayed for, for healing or something and you still live and feel the symptoms very hard? Or some of us even get, give a testimony and after the testimony, you don't see the manifestation of the thing you came and talked about. It doesn't mean it has stopped. Like our sister was pregnant and she was bleeding and bled, bled and saw a clot of blood. And I went there and I told her that well, I visited her, I prayed for her. I said, you are not pregnant with blood. You are pregnant. So the blood doesn't mean baby is gone. And today the baby is five years. I think next, next month, five years. You understand that? So don't let the physical conditions stop you from focusing. Someone getting what I'm saying? Because your blessing is coming. I said your blessing is coming. Your blessing is coming. He was, let, let, let's finish this. He was not weak. In verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God. That's the last thing I can say because I have to leave now. He did not waver. Don't, don't waver. Do you know what it means to waver? To stagger. Today you are here. God said this. Uh, yeah. Okay, the next time you have left it. The next time you are here. So when we are looking for you, we, don't, we are not sure where to look for you because you don't have one address. And then verse 23 says that this was not written for him. Look at your Bible. Now, it was not written for his sake alone. That it was imputed to him. But why? But who else? Verse 24. But for us. So all these things we are reading is just for us. So that your faith can be like that and you can receive what God has said. And because of what we have heard today, I prophesy that your miracle has gotten into your hand. You have received a testimony. You have received a blessing. You are receiving a breakthrough. You are receiving a promotion. You are receiving a new job. You are receiving rejuvenation. Your spiritual life is coming back alive. In the name of Jesus, receive it. Shout amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.